0: Welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing No Funeral by Don't Cry For Me, I'm Already Dead, featuring my pal Ryan Urquidez on guitar and vocals. Listen up for another new track, Off of this album coming on Sorted States Volume 4 this Wednesday on Middleman Records.
1: Honestly that this is probably like kind of cliche, but I guess the first time that um I was taken to like a live kind of music event, it was at a park here, this place called Woodward Park. And I'm sure it was just like, you know, some like local like I don't know, like cover bands or something. But yeah, I remember my dad and my mom taking me And then, uh, just, you know, there's this stage, there's people performing, there's like, you know, I I definitely like, well, what is this? This is, this is so, but yeah, I mean, that was always just kind of like a distinct thing. Yeah. Was that for sure. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of like a window into like something new, I guess, even though I quite didn't understand it. And then over time, definitely, um, you know got to realize
0: what that was <laughs> yeah yeah like as a as a as a small child like and everything yeah, like, uh, is was, so was, loud
1: I was, I was like, yeah you'd be yeah, like I yes like, <laughs> me or something yeah
0: yeah yeah I,
1: yeah yeah i'll always remember that
0: yeah i definitely like yeah that's some of the only like fond memories that i have from uh from early in in my childhood it was it was mm-hmm. just like I mean, I bet it was awful, but you know, like my my dad, who I don't necessarily. I mean, our relationship is fine now, but growing up, it was Mm -hmm. not good, and um, he he would take me to his band practices, and that's definitely some the only fond memories I have from you know that era of my childhood is just like Mm -hmm. yeah, because you're like you know you're a kid and it's always like, let's not be so loud. And then you go somewhere where it's just like, everything is supposed to be loud. And you're just like, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really cool. And it's, you know, it's really like indicative of the, um, the quality that music has, like, regardless of, mm-hmm. of, uh, talent or, or, or genre or, mm-hmm. you know, um, even someone's like able, ability to perceive it, you know, is just that it can, it just impress, you know, impress you regardless. And that's, I don't know, I think that's really special. It's just like, I don't know, it makes me like later on in life, I would think about things like, you know, how you can hear a song and like, there, if you if you want to or if you give it enough time, if it doesn't just turn you off like right away, you can mm-hmm. find something that's good about it usually, you know, yeah. hopefully. like there's no such thing as like a bad like drum beat. Like there's mm-hmm. there's there's some beats that aren't played well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like if you have the imagination and the appreciation, you can like hear a drum beat and you're like somebody could do nine million different things with this. And yeah. like, that's exactly the experience, I think, that music has for um, children that are, like, receptive to it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, it sounds kind of like you were hooked, you know, from an early age. Um,
1: yeah, no, I was always kind of surrounded by music. I mean, my dad didn't play any bands or anything, but, I mean, he just loved music. He collected tons and tons of records. He's always playing music in the house. My mom, too. My dad was really into classic rock, stuff like that. So, like, Tom Petty, The Beatles, stuff like that was, like, you know, probably pretty formative. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I don't know, he also listened to, like, The Clash and The Ramones. He really, like, liked a lot of that, like, 70s punk stuff. He loved New Wave. Mm -hmm. So I was always hearing, like, you know, all kinds of cool bands from, like, the 80s and stuff, too. So I was definitely, like, you know, hooked very early on. I knew, like, music was just, like, you know, something I loved, you know.
0: Hmm. yeah yeah did you um take did you take any kind of lessons like early in life or at school or
1: um i played in the uh the elementary school uh band like the orchestra i played trombone for like from the fourth grade up until like the first year of high school because then like marching band happens and then like we're out there we're marching out in like a hundred degree weather oh which, yeah like, you know you're like you're dodging like you know piles of like horse manure while just marching around. I'm just like this isn't for me. I'm 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 definitely not cut out for the marching band aspect yeah. anymore. Yeah. So then I started doing, uh, I started taking guitar classes, which I'd already had a guitar. My dad had bought me one like years prior, but I was, like you know so oh, I can play this at school now. All right, you know, so I did that for like one semester, and then I was like over it. I was like I can play guitar at home, you yeah. know. So then I, I stopped doing like you know academic. Music stuff, and that's when I just like started bands and stuff with my friends and stuff. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask but you. That can... was way more. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all downhill from there. No, but uh, like, w- can you still play the trombone? Like, that was kind of a long time to uh,
1: play it. That yeah, I I always wonder because I I think it might even still like be at my mom's house, like oh. in storage or something. I always you're like, yeah, I, I wonder if I could. Like, yeah. I still remember like how to read sheet music and stuff because of that. Oh really. So like I probably could. I probably wouldn't sound particularly you know, I wouldn't really be well at it, but yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll start a raw band or something.
0: <laughs> Just um, <laughs> yeah, put start putting trombone in, in some uh, some Screamo songs and some like you know, would some grind songs.
1: That would have to be really sick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I think that stuff that kind of stuff is super fun. Like it can be it yeah, could yeah. obviously be done like it could be overdone or whatever, but I, I think it could be, it, it could find its place for sure.
1: No, definitely. There's a yeah. lot of bands that utilize orchestra yeah. instruments, especially in Screamo, that are incredible. Yeah. So, like, you know, I always love that.
0: For sure. Um, yeah. So, you, you know, you kind of... You mentioned that you had, like, a pretty diverse, like, wellspring of, like, music just from your parents, like, listening to music mm-hmm. around the house. Um, it, was it this same kind of... Music, like when you first started playing in bands, was it like I don't, you know, not to sound like a, a, a billboard spokesperson or something, but like, was it like modern alternative that you were trying to play, like when you were first starting uh, in I bands? First,
1: or? When I first started playing guitar in general, uh, I probably got it in like my first year of junior high. Mm-hmm. And my dad would buy those like, Guitar World and my Guitar One magazines, and they always have the tabs in the back. Oh, right. So that's kind of how I learned like certain techniques and stuff like just learning how to play like you know like there'd be like an at the drive-in song back there like a system of a down song or like you know Eve 6 you know it it, it run the gamut as far as like stuff they would put in those magazines I'd learn riffs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but as far as like the first band I ever started like I don't know I was super into like I don't know like pop punk at the time they were probably trying to sound like the Ataris or something Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) well that's funny because like you know, you're from California and the Ataris are like an Indiana band.
1: Like. Yeah. yeah I know. For some reason, like, I don't know in my high school, like, one of the kids that like, this kid Jeff I really connected with when I first like, started like my first year of high school, like, I guess that's like the first like band band I was in. Like, yeah, like he was like, you heard the Ataris and then I'm into like, all kinds Blink-182, you know, Blink-182 is probably like, you know, the end all be all pop punk band to me mm-hmm. at the time. And then it's like, we heard the Ataris and then I was like, I mean, the Atari's almost kind of had a little bit of, like, kind of, like, an old-school emo feels sometimes in there. Yeah, sure. Especially in the theater. So I guess that's kind of, like, my first exposure to, like, I don't know, like, emo in a way, until, like, I don't know, like, I heard, like, Thursday for the first time, and then, like, everything kind of changed. <laughs> hmm <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, no, I, I kind of, like, always started and like, I guess I got really, like, into, like, you know, alternative, like, radio in the 90s was, at least in Fresno, was, like, pretty good i mean you heard like smashing pumpkins religious Machine*, system of a down stuff like that but they're also like weirdly enough they were playing like you know like at the drive-in or like they're playing like you know these like i mean they were on a major at the time but there was a pretty big push when relationship to command came out mm-hmm. so i was hearing one on the on the radio constantly so like that like blew my mind so that was probably like honestly the gateway
0: yeah i for heard sure I heard an at the drive-in song in a Target once and I was like, what the fuck? I saw them play to like 50 people once. Like <laughs> it's just wild. I'm like I'm like in here trying to get some, you know, some uh fucking dairy-free ice cream or something and I and I'm just like that's yeah. that's at the drive-in. You know, what the fuck? Like
1: I'm pretty sure I bought that CD when it came out like at Walmart. Like that's how ridiculous that
0: was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, but I mean Yeah, I guess that's, I mean, I think at the time, though, there was some weird thing with Target where they were really trying to play, like, all kinds of bands like that, like Thursday and whatnot, you know, like, and we Mm -hmm. actually, like, we used to call certain types of stuff like we used to call it target screamo because like (laughs) it was stuff that was just accessible enough that you could hear it in target you know and like yeah i honestly didn't mean that in a disparaging way it was just like oh no no
1: no, yeah
0: because like i don't know my my old my old band akamele we um one of the first things i ever read a review of akamele was like somebody was like they're pretty good for a fake screamo band and i was like that's re- that's really weird it like but I always referred to us as a target screamo band cuz like I thought we were melodic enough to like you know <laughs> so like I was like I don't know what fake screamo means but oh okay yeah. you know but uh yeah um and then yeah there was other there was other like random shit that was going on like right around that era where like like sean white snowboarding games and stuff like one of my friends yeah. bands mm-hmm. like had a song on the soundtrack and i was like there's that weird like major label like interest in you know mm-hmm. s- the subgenres and stuff and you know
1: like that and, like the whole warp Tour, right? like like tony hawk soundtracks and like warp tour kind of go like synonymous in my head kind of as far as like you
0: know oh yeah me for sure. it. i
1: mean being from fresno i mean it's like I don't know. It's like, like, it's nothing but like strip malls out here, you know? So there, as far as like culture, like, you know, especially then, like the internet wasn't as probably as it was now. So, you know, like you really just had to kind of just like stumble onto things, you know? So there's mm-hmm. like, you know, the radio was definitely good for that, you know, magazines, stuff like that, you know? I mean, I was kind of probably like too young to like be going to like, you know, shows and whatnot at the time, probably not until like high school, I started going to shows and all that. Mm-hmm yeah like you kind of really would have to like dig or just stumble onto things you know
0: and as high school when you like did start going to shows and like and becoming yeah, uh-huh. aware of like this other community
1: definitely i guess when i started like going to even like what seeing what a diy show was was probably like freshman year of high school mm-hmm. yeah
0: do you remember what that show was that you went to oh
1: man i i, I think i do it was uh there's this place called Pizza Land, which is like this like pizza shop that would just have like touring like punk shows oh, all that's the time. a dream. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to, I think it was, it was Senses Fail, A Static Lullaby, and The Movie Life. They all performed in this little pizza place. Really? Yeah.
0: And so I that must that have been like, right like before
1: show i went to where it was like there's tons of people you know okay i might have went to like some friends bands like gigs here or there like people's like garages and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. as far as like seeing like you know like a show like to that many people and just like that whole thing Mm -hmm. it would probably be that show i think
0: okay so i thought you were trying to say this was like a real low-key event i was like damn like those bands like with like 70 people i mean like (laughs) that Yeah,
1: but I mean that was like first time seeing like something like big like that. As uh-huh. far as like smaller local shows, like especially at the time, like there wasn't too much going on. Like even the high schools would just have like local bands play at like lunch and stuff. Really? So like as far as like a, overall like scene happening, like at that age, I wasn't aware of like you know how big the local. I'm, I'm sure there was stuff going on. I did find out like later there absolutely was stuff going on but like i wasn't like you know hip to it mm-hmm. no I'm, I'm finding out like later like when i'm like into like the scene and stuff and it's just like oh yeah no loma prieta played this guy's uh this guy's backyard back in like uh 2001 you weren't there and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> i wish i was yeah so you know there's, there's older kids that are definitely like doing cooler stuff but like i'm still just like kind of like finding my footing in it Mm -hmm. you know Mm
0: -hmm. and and like i'm assuming that you know high school is that that era when you're kind of when you're kind of doing that um like did you meet people that were involved in the scene by playing in bands or was it more by going to shows Kind of just going to
1: shows and meeting people yeah Mm -hmm. like uh the I started bands with was just like friends that I would just like make at the shows or just in school, finding out like similar interests, stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. what were your first band like? What were your first bands like? I mean, you said you, you know, your very first band was like, you know, you yeah. were really into pop punk and whatnot, but like once yeah. you started, we never played a
1: show or anything. The the first band that like actually was like playing shows and like doing like something was probably like when I was like a junior, and like I don't know, like the whole like you know, heavy heavy low low thing was going on at the time. So like <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: we were probably just like yeah, we were just kind of like you know like a kind of sassy like metalcore kind of heavy heavy low low, low rip off thing. I think our band name was uh It makes no sense thinking about it here and still when I see these guys like in passing we make fun of it. The band was called Let Us In, Let Us In. Like Let Us In, as in like it's like a hotel. A like, hotel of let lettuce. In. Yeah, because, you know, names are, like, you know, that's kind of was the thing at the time, just, uh-huh. like, a kind of stupid name. So, yeah, and, like, you know, we're in, like, Fear Before the March of Flames and Heavy, Heavy Lolo and all that stuff. But that band, we actually were, like, together for, like, a year and played, like, a lot of shows of, like, I don't know, the, what were those bands that were touring? Like, uh, Tony Danza, Tap Dance Extravaganza, and, like, you know, that whole thing that would come to town. I think what was it like that band Thriller the one the Touche Amore guy was in like okay way way back like and you play with his band I remember like meeting him before like that band started <laughs> I the
0: like I don't even know if I've heard Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza at this time at this point but like yeah. there's a really funny sort of anecdote like one of my friends who used to do, do shows in Southern Indiana, like he tried to uh-huh. get them to stop in Indiana on so many tours and he would always hit me up. This was when I was in a chameleon and, and he'd be like, uh-huh. Hey, do you all want to open for Tony Danza tap dance scrap? You know? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we we will play whatever. It's cool. Like, you know, we like you and we have fun playing your shows, you know? And, um, yeah i i mean i there must have been four times at least that like they were supposed to play and then they just like were like now nah, we don't want to play in indiana <laughs> or whatever <Yeah. laughs> or like in that town or whatever which is like i'm not even like trying to be salty towards the band because like he booked a lot of shows in a place called elwood which like mm-hmm. we we played there and like his shows were legit they were cool they were a lot of fun and a bunch of kids came out but it's like if you were booking a tour and you looked at that like you wouldn't know what to think either you know so I'm not like trying to like say like oh they're a bunch of posers they never played Elwood you know because like I I know what it might look like be like nah that's not gonna be that's not gonna go over well you know but it's just funny like I don't I actually don't know if I ever heard them, but like my friend just loved them so much and was always getting his heart broken by them. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's set the date, you know? I'm trying to remember what
1: they even sounded like, to be honest. But I just remember that, that, that name. Because, I mean, with a name like that, how can you forget? You know? I mean, <laughs> I,
0: yeah, I'm just kind of imagining the Blood Brothers, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, and you
0: know. I don't know, like, Fresno's
1: so weird. Like, like I said, like it, it's all strip malls. So like I don't know, like the scene thing. Like it was absolutely enormous here. Like you know, just being a scene kid and like you know that whole thing. Like that whole culture. Like it was, you know, it was crazy at the time.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I mean, and like you, you know, you mentioned shows at a pizza place. I mean, that's like the dream you know like you yeah yeah. you're a band on tour and you hear that there's going to be a show at a pizza place like you're like yes you don't have to say anything else like there's going to be a show and there's going to be pizza like
1: pizza what more could you
0: yeah yeah (laughs) people optional employees they have to be there I mean we're we need to get some pizza but uh yeah it's that sounds like that sounds like a lot of fun um yeah it's when we were in Fresno, the only time that we've been to Fresno, I remember the guitar player was like, Holy shit, there's a Chipotle here. Cause there was like no Chipotle's <laughs> in Indiana yet. And so <laughs> that's what that was like, you know, even you keep saying like strip mall, strip mall culture kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, I guess that makes sense then. Like, why? I mean, I don't really know where Chipotle is like bass out of or whatever but like i'm Mm -hmm. like yeah that tracks like that there was like um that going on there when when like you know just mere like two years or whatever before that chain is Mm -hmm. just like everywhere but um yeah um like you know you you said like let us in was playing a lot of shows and stuff um Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming this is the kind of shows that like we still play today, you know, like real, like low key, like DIY, you know, like 50 Some
1: were, but then some also like kind of abided by that whole like at the time like pay to play thing, where like you know, oh right, the other guys, the other guys in the band, like we're like you know, oh no, it's it's totally fine to sell tickets, and even like me and my friend, like who I'm, so my best friends to this day, mm-hmm. uh, this guy Chris Stroman, like we're like, uh I I don't know, that that that, that kind of sounds like that's that's not good guys. Like why would we want to sell tickets to a show? Like, are we getting paid? No, we're not getting paid. Like, you know, so
0: yeah,
1: that whole thing was still really going on.
0: <laughs> oh, it's like still a thing and there. It's
1: still going on now, honestly, yeah. like not necessarily here, but other places, you know? Oh yeah. So, there's... Like, know. With, those, with those kind of bands, like that was kind of just like the norm as far as like, you know, shows happening in like bigger spots, like the bigger, like, I don't know, venues that were here.
0: Yeah yeah i've yeah I, i've never done that but there's there definitely is still at least one person in like northwest indiana that like all their shows are like that and people are like mm-hmm. you know it's totally fine I'm just like no like skip me you know like i'm, I'm yeah, okay exactly. yeah yeah but um yeah it's it's uh it's wild that would that really was like i think a lot bigger even like if it still exists or whatever mm-hmm. but um um what was your very first show that you ever played what was that like
1: uh i was extremely nervous Uh i mean i had like my best friend in the band with me at the time too so like it was like you know that was cool so i was able to kind of just like i don't know this band was weird like the rest of the guys were into just kind of like beat down like hardcore stuff but like me but me and like my friend Chris like we're into like you know the blood brothers and the daughters and we're trying to do something like you know kind of more like out there and like I don't know spastic so -hmm. like that kind of just like clashed was like you know but yeah like I remember being super nervous I remember the crowd not like really digging it at all (laughs) probably and yeah I mean shows were crazy here too during that time because like you'd have like Ten a 10-band ten fest happening in, like, some kid's, like, backyard, where it's like, all right, guys, load-in's 11 a.m. I don't know when we're playing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, yeah, crazy stuff with Fresno, because, you know, we didn't really have, like, too many venues, you know, unless you're, like, doing the whole pay-to-play thing. So, like, when there would be something cool, it would be something like that, where it's like, you know, some kid had conned, like, his parents into having a 10-band fest in his backyard, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know. It's like you, you said like you get on stage and people just like aren't into it. And I laugh because like I played a show like that in like 2018, you know, it's just like Um, that still happens, you know, like no matter whether you're 16 or or whatever, you know, (laughs) You, you, you can show up and just be like, uh, like tons of shows did y'all also record music or was that not something that you got into yeah we
1: recorded like two songs we recorded like two songs and like i wish i could still find them to this day because i remember them being like you know i mean they they weren't the greatest but i would still like to hear them
0: yeah for but sure like
1: yeah we recorded them at like uh our friend had a friend that like had a computer and was like starting to record stuff out of his garage mm-hmm. and he did like two songs put them on myspace kind of thing you know mm-hmm And uh, yeah, I remember that experience being like, you know, it was fun. We were just like, you know, in our friend's garage and just like making these two songs.
0: Mm -hmm. Did you do everything all at once or did you do separate, like track by track?
1: um, I think we did separate. Okay. And honestly, like I haven't done separate probably since, (laughs) which is really funny. Because everything I've recorded like live. Yeah, because once I did that for the first time, and especially as time went on, the quality got better, better, and better. Yeah, you know, I was, why would I ever do that again? Yeah, but now with like, with uh, with the elder devil, like we're like on this record, like we're doing like the click track and all the like you know, the the normal stuff. So that's been like you know interesting.
0: Oh, you <laughs> are you back to track by track or you're just all in separate rooms like Yeah, you, yeah, we're,
1: doing, we're we're doing track by track on this record yeah. for sure.
0: So, full yeah. circle sort of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's 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 wild like I don't know when exactly you're talking about like as far as like doing track by track like on your very first project, but like in the earlier days just, of like yeah. digital recording, like latency was such an issue and like mm-hmm. that could have been a nightmare, but I'm glad that y'all had a good experience and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, it was like, cause it was like our friend's like brother and he was like, kind of like a kind of tech nerd about that stuff. Oh, okay. like he was like, he was really trying to get like, you know, and it, the the quality came out really good. I remember that. Yeah, like it absolutely could have been, you know, we could have put that out on something. I mean, tapes mm-hmm. weren't a thing at the time as far as like, you know, at least that I knew about, I'm sure right. they were happening, but right. as far as like, you know, I'm just like, you know. CDs is probably what I would probably have done at the time, but yeah, it sounded pretty good. Yeah. So, but I mean, but MySpace wiped all that. So, yeah, I think you can still like look up the bands, my space and like the page comes up with like a picture and then that, that's like it. Mm-hmm. Maybe our maybe our top eight's on
0: there. I don't.
1: Know. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to, to see who our top eight was.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's it's. I, no, no, no. I'd rather hear the songs than know what the top eight is. Please, that's yeah, yeah. that's a can of worms we don't want to open up. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what was the first band that you like have that you do have like recordings to show for and everything? Is that like. Um, is that like Cabin Fire or? Yeah, I, I okay. met
1: Steven from Cabin Fire, who I'm in LW with now. Okay. Uh, I met him when I was playing in that band, that Lettuce band, and he was in this like straight up, like kind of just death metal, like, you know, very just kind of not really bro metal, but like, you know, like what was happening with no, like, you know, like the red cord, that kind of whole thing going oh, okay. on at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like he was in like this band called Burning a Marvelous Life, and like we would always like run into each other at shows and stuff and talk, and like we had like similar interests and stuff. And when both our bands kind of fizzled, we started another band called Moth Voices with my friend Chris. I was talking about that I was in that lettuce band with, mm-hmm. and uh, that was just like a straight up grind band where we're just like you know super raw probably like trying to sound like ed gein or something you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah and then he ended up moving to la so then me and steven were like well what are we gonna do like chris left you know so that band's pretty much done so we started cabin fire and then we did that on and off for like 10 years
0: yeah yeah i was yeah. Gonna say I'm like put- I, I didn't realize just how long that band you know was was putting stuff out until i was looking yeah i was like well yeah it was it
1: it wasn't he was here but like steven was also like i mean he was he was going to school like he uh he was trying to become a a history professor and he did he is a history professor now Mm -hmm. but uh yeah school was always like you know the focal point for sure so as far as like touring all that stuff you know we didn't get to do as much we did like one two week two week tour one time and that was really really fun but yeah yeah, it was it was mainly more just like kind of like you know get together when we can record something always super like you know bare bones recording because we both had like bad experiences with like recording before and we were just like we'll just do this ourselves you know and our friend our friend jacob at the time who's in elder devil with us now uh yeah he would start recording us and he was super early on and yeah no we would just try to put stuff out as much as we could even though like we didn't get to do too much like you know traveling so, like, mainly it was, like, kind of just, like, this anchor as far as just, like, oh, there's a screamo band in Fresno that will just, like, if you're, like, trying to get somewhere from, like, the beta L.A., like, they'll book you a show, mm. you
0: know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, like, so, like, everybody came here. Like, it was wild. Like, so, like, hit or miss, because, like, you know, the dedicated people that are really, really into that stuff are, like, the people that I'm sure you know, like, like you know,
0: like Stephen
1: Thomas. Yeah, yeah. And like. Chris, like mean, Chris Parisi from CYC, like, you know, like those are like the diehards here
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like, you know, yeah, we would have like, you know, like we were skeletons or like, you know, the blue letter or, you know, all these like, or like, you know, or like coma, you know, like mm-hmm. we would, you know, get, get a cinema band to play out here and like, yeah, you'd, maybe we would have like, you know, 10, 15 or so kids, but like, you know, the shows would be cool, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know our show there. I think there was like, it was it was it was really strange because like, you know, everybody was there like way early or whatever, and then by the time bands were playing, like, I remember there being like, you know, some cool kids out there and stuff, and and it's yeah, yeah. just like, what happened? Like where? You know, <laughs> like when did yeah. this? And um, I don't know. That's the thing about like, specifically like. Sort of like backyard or garage shows. That's different than like house shows where you. I booked
1: you. I booked booked y'all like a straight party house. Yeah, that was
0: two shows. Yeah,
1: and like it it was rad because like the neighbors never complained or anything, and they were all like they would even come to check the show out sometimes. So like you could just do stuff there. Yeah, like up till like midnight. So like I booked a lot of bands there.
0: Yeah, it's just like really different because like it, unlike a house show where a, a lot like you can tell if there's people there or not, like this Mm -hmm. kind of show is more like people, there are people chilling, like kind of everywhere. And then Mm -hmm. when a band plays then it's like, Oh, and, uh, yeah, but I think one of the, one of the big, big things I remembered from that specifically was I was like, it's very cold in California right now. Like what's going on? Like, I was like, I was trying to play in, in, um, like a jacket or whatever. So I would get hot. (laughs) I was like, I want to be hot. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, um, you said that you did get to go on like one, two week tour. Like, did you, um, what was your experience? Like, I'm assuming that was like the first time that you'd ever tried to book something like that, that long. Um, that, yeah. What was your experience Mm -hmm, like booking?
1: I had a lot of connections just from booking bands here. So Uh like, I knew so many people that were just like, "Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll get you a show. It'll be rad." And like you know, it was it was really easy to book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that was that was a lot of fun. Where did you go? We went sh- like straight up to Seattle, okay, and then back down. Oh, okay. So I think we, I think we went from like Fresno to like like the Bay to Chico, Eugene, Portland, Seattle, and then. I think we played like Arcada on the way back down,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, like Davis near Sacramento, and yeah, came back. So yeah, it was about like almost two weeks.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, like I think
1: I think there was other dates, and oh no, we played like Reedley too in this park. That was like that was a super weird show.
0: <laughs> I think people on the East Coast, like I think when bands do runs like that for two yeah. weeks, people on the East Coast are like that's so weird. How can you only, how can you play like three States or whatever in two weeks? But it's like, you have to look at it. Like that's literally covering as much ground as going from like Illinois to New York and back. Like it's, it's practically. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, especially like if you have connections, like, you know, you said you were always bringing bands from North, you know, Northern, Mm -hmm. more Northern than you down and whatnot. And like yeah you can definitely like you know just stop here stop there and still Mm -hmm. like not play in this to the same people you know and i i don't know that's i've always wanted to go out there and have the time to do that like once you're already out there because it takes Mm -hmm. from where i'm at so long to get out there but yeah it's always been one of those like i have like 20 days to do a tour and it's like it takes 20 days to like get out to California and back like in a, yeah. in a comfortable way you know like if we were to just drive like kind of almost straight there then we could do that thing where we like you know hit up every uh, area or whatever and like I'm sure that'd be a lot of fun but it's always like we're like uh Unless we want to drive sixteen hours, you know, for three yeah. days in a row, it's just like you gotta space it out a little more and whatnot. Um, but yeah, what did you have any like? Um, what were your standout moments from like this longer tour that you were able to put together?
1: Uh, Portland was really fun. We played that, uh, like Laughing Horse books when it was around. Oh right. And that show is really cool. Uh, that, that band I don't know if that band Sloths okay. They, uh, I- they, they, put it, they put it together. That was really fun. Seattle was really fun. Uh, Mercy Ties put that together for us.
0: Oh awesome from Mercy Ties. Mm-hmm. and
1: uh yeah, all, all those shows up there were really fun. Arcata was crazy because it was just I don't know if, if you ever get a chance to play Arcata like it's kind of like a Fresno in a way where it's just like but like in more of like a rural way where it's just like, you know, Everyone just like, you know, descend onto whatever show is happening, no
0: mm-hmm. matter
1: what it is. Mm-hmm. You'll have like a hundred people at the show kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I think it was like at this like barn. And uh we have we have some friends out there that uh they're in this band Antarctica. Uh Christian now does mathcore index. Oh, okay, but, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, our friend Quade uh from that band set that up. So yeah no honestly every show was good in its own like weird little way like even like even like really we played to like maybe like 10 kids or so we played like out in this like park in the middle of nowhere and it was just super rad just to like you know we just playing a show out like in nature you know yeah <laughs> very just like you know generator vibe you know
0: yeah that reminds me of the show up in ah shit it's um Uh, up north in northern california where they had like just a park that they ah why can't i think of that why can't i think of that town now like they just had this park where there was just like a concrete slab and Mm -hmm. they would have bands play there and like you you just drive Mm -hmm. out there and plug in and like you weren't allowed to be there at all it's just like took the police so long to get there from wherever that like you that could perfect. usually get away with it yeah what was it
1: uh okay i think i was saying Reedley, which is dumb because that's like a central uh valley town like maybe like 30 miles from here i'm thinking of uh redding
0: yes I'm, that's exactly who yeah. i'm t- that's what so i'm I talking about redding. The same
1: park.
0: yeah we we had to have <laughs> Yeah, it was just like literally just a concrete slab, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was wild. That was another one where it was like it was very cold. Like, like um, and also we were like straight up outside, so not Mm -hmm. like even in a garage or whatever. Like we were in Fresno. Like we were just like outside. We played with that band Rat Boys, and like we're, I'm in like a winter coat. And I'm playing uh-huh. drums and doing vocals, and I'm just, like, still cold. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, the guitar player's like, I can't feel my fingers anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> eh, you know. <laughs> uh, two more songs, I guess. Um, yeah. No, that was yeah. fun. Yeah, Red That
1: place was wild. I think that kid, uh, Dylan, would put shows on yeah, there. Yeah, Dylan. Yeah. I don't know where he lives now. I don't think he's living in California anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't but- think so.
1: But and we, we stayed at his house and like, like we stayed at his house and like met like his family and stuff and like yeah it was super rad
0: yeah we stayed we actually stayed at um at Avos like so like well, I've known them like forever and yeah. it was just yeah it was just really cool it was just like there was no place to stay and they were just like oh you can you can stay here and we just like we were like okay cool and like, I don't know. It's just one of those experiences where you realize, like, how special it is that you have this thing um, where, like, a strange, a complete stranger, like, trusts in your, like, ethics and whatnot to where, mm-hmm. like, there's just me and somebody else, like, sleeping in this person's bedroom that they just met like two feet away from them. And you're just like, this is like a really special thing that like, um, people should really like try to preserve and, you know, protect because like, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine in a lot of scenarios where that kind of thing is just like sort of, mm-hmm. um, written as like, law you know like this is just what happens when you book a band like you just this is what mm-hmm. happens um so yeah, yeah and it's get,
1: yeah i mean i think the first time i ever experienced that to that level where it was just like holy shit it was uh it was meeting like chris tom john everyone from at Suri at mm-hmm. texas toast when cabin played there mm-hmm. and you know we stayed the night there but like you know they like fed us and stuff like that, and I, I'd never experienced that in my entire life. From like the DIY show, I was like this, this is amazing. Yeah, you know? and don't get me wrong, I mean, the show itself was incredible, and all the people we met and stuff. And like, I'm still so friends with those guys to this day. But yeah, yeah, no, like that was. After that, I was like, well, I'm gonna do that in Fresno every time. You know, like I'm mm-hmm.
0: gonna
1: try to have a band stay at the house, try to feed them, even if they're only getting like you know 50 bucks gas, because like you know. 10 kids showed up or whatever,
0: I'm at least going to make sure that they're like,
1: you know, bad and like comfortable. Yeah, you
0: know, for sure. Before they have. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's really, I don't know. Like I, I value like the, the, these friendships that, you know, that, that we have like from just these, uh, these instances of like kindness and camaraderie that like mm-hmm. a lot of people, I mean, not necessarily in our, circle you know but it, it's just like it's something that a lot of people can easily take for granted and it's just like yeah when you still know these people like 10 years later and and mm-hmm. you just like text them stupid shit and stuff you're just like mm-hmm. this is yeah like where i where, where would i even be if it wasn't for this yeah you know? it's awesome um
1: yeah and like time can go by yet you know you can run into them like you know five six years later and it's like no time's gone by at all you know? yeah it's like exactly a lot of the, things you can do with like you know it only really kind of works out with like those kind of relationships
0: yeah for sure on to like more current things not to you know just not to just like blaze by something that you spent like 10 years doing or whatever but uh no no you know you're you're two. (laughs) now i don't know if you're in more than two bands like at the moment you know you could be in 10 for all i know but uh like your two things that i'm aware of right now um don't cry for me i'm already dead and elder devil like y'all both have records coming out this year or Uh, like somewhere around Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, uh,
1: don't cry for me, I'm Already dead. Is a screamo band that I started a uh, couple years after Cabin Fire, like dissolved with uh, my friend Chris Parisi that runs the CYC here. I'm sure anyone that's played Fresno, you mm-hmm. know, and played there, know who I'm talking about. He played in Grow, mm-hmm. that uh, another screamo band from here. But that was like the only two screamo bands that Fresno ever really had, <laughs> other than Austin's Razor. Who was a huge, huge eye-opening experience to me. So when when I say like, yeah, like when I heard Thursday for the first time, that was like, oh, that was my first time hearing like, you know, like, kind of like an emo band with like screaming. But but like seeing like a screamo band was uh was Occam's Razor, and they were here from Fresno, and yeah, they were just this incredible three-piece emo violence band.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I'm in a band with him with me and my friend Chris from CYC and our friend Pete been doing that for like two years. And like, we finally got together and like recorded a full length. so we're on the cusp of putting that out. Uh, our drummer, uh, Emilio, who we started the band with moved to Reno. So we're kind of like in limbo as far as like playing shows right now, which is kind of fine, honestly, like now really isn't the time to be playing tons and tons and tons of shows. Uh, But, yeah, that was supposed to come out on Cliff Parade, but, like, some stuff happened uh, as far as that. So, like, I think we are just might self-release it. I'm not sure when. Kind of just, like, not, like, really in a rush, but you kind of want to, like, you know,
0: get Pick some other stuff figured out, out as far. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, like, maybe, like, make some promo stuff or, like, you know, stuff like that for it before we do it.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: yeah, that's going to come out soon, I'm super stoked about that. And then Elder Devil... Which is me and Steven from Cabin Fire. And then our friend Jacob, I was talking about earlier, that was like started recording us when we started. Like, we've all been friends for like going on like almost like 15 years now. Mm -hmm. So, really rad to be in a band together. And uh, yeah, we're going to put a record out on prosthetic records. I'm guessing by the end of the year, we just started recording it. We finished drums and guitar. And I think all we need left is bass and vocals. And we're going to have that thing out, you know, which is kind of crazy because, you know, I've been in a lot of bands. I've never been in a band that's actually had, like, a vinyl record out with anything I've played on it. So, like, that's going to be super rad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I was was going to, before I get into Elder Dev, I was going to ask... Wasn't there, a, like, a demo or something for Don't Cry, Cry For Me, I'm Already Dead? Like, wasn't there a yeah, demo or something yeah, yeah. online? Did no, Did no, you yeah. scrub it? or? Yeah, there, is
1: there is No, there is a demo, but those two songs are on the record, so I scrubbed it because oh, okay. the two recorded versions that were putting on the record, like, sound a little better in my eyes. And also oh, yeah, when for it sure. I kind of want it to be, like, you know, this is the full picture kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, there yeah, was two songs on the record for a while right like there, there's one song on there now from the record that is on there
0: yeah but, yeah. yeah i listened to that earlier yeah, but that I, was like, I was like i was like i could have swore there was something like from a while ago that i, I that i'd listened to and then i was like am i you know am i just like berenstain bearsing this or what like <laughs> you know like it doesn't this is the 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 genie movie all over again you know like i i just um, so yeah, there was something and yeah. And then there's this, there's the single, uh, wait, right. Um, which yeah. is on your band camp and, um, mm-hmm. that's still on cliff parades, band camp as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not
1: quite sure what's going on. Uh, yeah. I mean, they reached out and said that, uh, they weren't able to put the record out for a few reasons, you know, like kind of just like, yeah. you know, stuff out of our hands. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, we're still on the thing, so I imagine like at some point we'll put something out with them. But I don't know. I think they're just like,
0: I don't know, trying to they're figure some stuff, stuff out. out. Yeah, you know, yeah, because
1: yeah, yeah. it's, it's... I mean, because like, they they were gonna they, they offered to put the record out and they were gonna do it. I mean, we even like you know, we can, you know, pitch in money and still help you out. But he's like, no, no, I'll take care of all the costs and stuff. So like, you know, like, cool, that that's incredible. Like you know, let us know if you need any help or anything. So you know, if yeah. there's like stuff going on there or whatever, I mean, it's just like you know, we're just that you even like wanted to put the record out yeah you know what i mean for sure so
0: yeah it's so there's so much like as as far as i'm like the position that i'm in now it's just like there's so much for me like to like i almost feel like i had to rethink how to even do mm-hmm. this like with you know when you have just like your your lead times on a record go mm-hmm. from like four months to like a year and a half in some cases yeah. you know it's like, like how do you get how do you tell a band like you just recorded the best record you've ever recorded you're fucking stoked for people to hear this now wait a year and a half to yeah it's like the at that point you're like the band's already recording another record that's even better oh, they're yeah. like how mm-hmm. how are you supposed to go out there and be like this is yeah. the best thing we've ever done <laughs> you know like
1: um, well that's like why you have you have even like the bigger label it's just doing okay well you put the record I mean, you gave us the record we're gonna like you know put it out digitally in CD and then you'll have the vinyl in like nine months or whatever you know yeah. I mean, like, like like the solo record that just came out like I mean like I I help uh, run a record store here in Fresno and like we have that on CD in the store right now but like the vinyl is not gonna be available until like maybe December
0: you oh know? okay yeah, I wasn't sure <laughs> how that particular uh, album had had yeah, come so out. Yeah,
1: so but... even, even like the bigger like, like epitaph, and like the bigger like labels and stuff, are like you know, it's like they're putting stuff out digitally, and then like you know, you won't see the vinyl for you know, a year. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I imagine that's gonna happen with the with the Prosthetic and the Elder Devil record. I would think because you know, we vinyl did... turnaround right now, time is crazy.
0: We did that with There's Still Time and Marked because like in both of those cases, like. I was like I don't need to put this out on vinyl it's fine and yeah yeah people were like after the fact like please put this out on vinyl and I was uh-huh. just like I floated it to like a couple labels and they were like why didn't you just why would you not put this out on vinyl like let's do it and mm-hmm. um it was fine you know it's just like I don't know you know like um sometimes it's just it's hard for you know, people who like it I mean it's like a lot of labels, you know, I imagine I imagine prosthetic and epitaph are gonna be fine. You know, like whether whether they put a thousand dollars into a project and have to wait a year to get that thousand dollars back, like they're gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. But like if it's me personally, like that's a bit rough, you know? Like so Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of that's why we yeah, there's a lot of really things not. to think about, like, from that. But before
1: I told me that, I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. like, there's, I'm sure whatever going on right now, like, I'm sure it's, especially right now, it's a pain in the ass, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, like, other, there's other things that people are doing as well. Like, there are, like, some plants that basically allow you to, like, buy your way up the queue mm-hmm. for, like, more money and, and, um... Wow, yeah, I really? don't know. Yeah, yeah. Basically it's like if you're willing to pay like twice as much for the record, then you mm-hmm. can have it back faster. And it's like I've yeah. seen people that have done that and it's like yeah. no no like shade on anybody who does that or doesn't oh, yeah. do that no, or no, whatever. Have, it's just you have like a you, have, you know. Yeah, it's it's just you know, it's just making this entire process like uh there's a a lot more going on than there has been Mm -hmm. you know like i when i did my first record ever like i i sent um i sent an an adat tape to urp like i sent Mm -hmm. it in the mail this is like forever ago i sent this yeah yeah an adat tape in the mail from florida to is it uh Tennessee or Kentucky that they're in? I don't know. Either way sent it to them with a money order for, I mean, we got 300 records. I think it was like 200 something dollars, like period for like wow. a seven inch. And, um, we got, we got the test presses in like two weeks and we got the whole record done in like a month and a half. And yeah. that was my first experience. I'm in like high school, you know, I put this record out and, here I am, like all these years later, and I'm like, "I don't even know how to do this anymore it's like <laughs> it's there's so many like there's so many plants and there's like all these different ways that they're mastering things, and mm-hmm. you know, and like I'm just like, oh you uh it it costs more, there's more steps to go through there's the wait's longer, um yeah, but yeah, like it
1: and When it comes to that record and that band, like, we haven't really even done too much because, like, it was kind of incepted during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, like, honestly, like, I'm like, I'll self-release that record when, like, we have, like, you know, like, a small tour lined up or something, you know, Mm -hmm. where I can, like, actually, like, play it, you know, and, like, expose people to it. Because I just kind of just, like, drop it into the air, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to want to, like, you know, do more behind it, you know, to kind of get it out there.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: We'll okay. see, we'll see what the pandemic does this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, you never know another twist and turns like the the, yeah, yeah. the most cunning writers are out there doing the you know the play by play on this right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Was, as far as Elder Devil goes, you know y'all like i You know, like I mentioned earlier, you know y'all, like first your first thing was 2017, and y'all consistently. Mm-hmm you know, every couple of years or whatever, I've been putting out a new release. And it's, um I think the thing, like, I think y'all came out of the bat, like, really strong and everything like that. Yeah. But I think the thing that, like, I'm most impressed by is just, like, where a band comes out feeling sort of fully formed. And, like, you did mention that y'all played together and been friends for 15 years. So it's, yeah. like, no, um it's no surprise that y'all, gel that you know quickly or whatever but like
1: yeah. the interesting thing about that band is uh it was started when uh steven first i was in cabin fire with the play drums and did vocals does vocals and the level now he was living in vegas at the time and then jacob the guy who recorded us forever uh he was living here so that started as a two-piece project between the two of them and uh that first EP and that first LP was just a remote thing. No shows were played. It was just done over a computer. All the drums were completely programmed by Jacob. So he did all the music, and then Steven just did all his vocal tracks in Vegas and just sent them over. And uh, yeah, those first two releases, that's how it was. And then when Steven moved back after graduate school, uh, that's when the whole full band thing started And when I came into the picture.
0: Okay. And so how do you go from like, you know, this remote thing to like um, a full band is at that point, is it like everybody's learning the stuff that's already there? And then you just like moving forward, you just try to write more collaboratively or is it still?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but the stuff, when we first started playing shows for the first time, it was all stuff that was already, like, programmed. Like, luckily we found, like, an incredible drummer, or uh, drummer, Pete Racho, who plays in, like, tons of metal bands here and stuff. And uh, Jacob was already, like, in a project with him at the time. And, like, the way Jacob programs drums, at least especially at that time, he was never intending on... It being performed live <laughs> yeah. because of the remote. so the drums are just absolutely insane like it's like and then Pete you know such a good drummer like he's able to play those parts like they were really not even like written for a human
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah so like yeah so then so yeah the first shows you played we were learning all that stuff and then uh yeah then the next thing we did the the ep that we did was more of an organic thing where we got together and got to like right together and all that stuff.
0: Okay. And so that makes, that makes a bit more sense why like the records take this feel, this like feel of like evolution and whatnot, not just because like any band that plays together, the longer they play together is going to have some kind of evolution, but just why this one felt so distinctive is because Mm of, you know, everyone, sort of coming together on the third thing um how did you like was it from playing shows or um and and like around the area or whatever um or how did you come into contact with the label and and like what's that like when like you said you hadn't like had you already started tracking the record or they're like we heard your last thing Uh, let's do a record
1: yeah i think that uh I guess they had got wind of the band when that the LP came out, the one that was done remotely, and uh, they always kind of had him in the like in the back of their minds, I guess. And then, like we we had some friends that were like starting to, uh, our, our friends in Body Void uh, had just signed, and we were like, well, wow, Crossfade just signed Body Void, that's crazy. And then when we finished the EP, like, the fully recorded, full band EP, you just, like, kind of emailed it their way, and then they were like, yeah, no, this is awesome. Like, you know, we we want to work with you all. So, yeah, so now they're going to put this LP that we just finished out, So which is crazy because, you know, that's a big label. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah.
1: it's nothing that like I've ever, like, experienced. So, like, that's yeah. going to be really rad.
0: It's just, I, I, I find it fascinating, especially because, like, you know, Um, there were, you know, a couple years when shows weren't really a thing and stuff. And so like the idea of like people discovering new sounds to their ears and stuff is, is a different experience than it ever has Mm -hmm. been, you know? Yeah. I mean, even though a lot of us are mostly finding it that way, like just like listening to stuff online and stuff, it doesn't feel like that's how, um, bands, get, bands get picked up by labels and whatnot, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the times change as they must. So, you know, that's, that's really yeah. cool. I
1: mean, the one thing about the pandemic is there was just tons of opportunity to like, you know, be productive, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot, a lot of bands took that time. And like, I remember like once like things started like kind of winding down, you just had all these records starting to come out, you know, like, yeah people were definitely busy so i mean that was cool
0: yeah it's it's like well i mean i got no excuse to not finish writing these exactly. riffs now yeah. yeah yeah or whatever like
1: i'm just, I'm just sitting at home to anyway you know might as well like try to like make the best of it yeah
0: you know? for sure i mean it was
1: weird it was really like as far as just the amount of shows that i was booking here it's like i was talking to my friend chris who i'm in uh don't cry with and he's running CYC, like one of the like most more prevalent DIY venues here. And I was booking shows there, booking shows other places here. And like, we were talking when we were like during the pandemic, I was like, I don't think there's been like a week span, even that we haven't been like in front of live music over the past like decade. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we'd always like joke around sometimes be like, you know, like when you're just like sitting there at like, a spot and you have like a five band like you know deathcore bill or something you're like oh man like i need a break but then like when that pandemic was happening i'm like man you know bring in the light boxes bring the deathcore band out here man i missed it
0: yeah come on yeah give me something yeah it's like yeah throw me throw me a cracker like i need something you know like anything will do yeah it's it's wild like I knew exactly where you're going with that, where you're just, where you're just, like, you know, like, from doing house shows for, you know, several years, and it's just, like, you, like, not every one of them hits the same way, you know, and you're just, like, did I really need to, like you know, do I really need to do all this all the time? And then when it doesn't mm-hmm. happen and you're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, give me, give me the worst experience that I had booking a show. Exactly. Like, give right. me it right now. I need it. Um, but yeah. Um, so like other than looking out for, you know, those couple of records, is there, uh, is there, are there other things on the horizon that you wanted to chat about before we take off?
1: Um, just uh yeah, Fresno's still going, you know, the DIY scene like is like slowly crawling back to life after this pandemic, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're uh if you're touring to California, you want a cool show somewhere in between like, you know, the Bay and uh LA, like, you know, like there's people here. who got you. You know what I mean? Like Fresno, I mean you you hear a lot of things about Fresno sometimes from like especially like sometimes bigger bands, big places in bigger cities I've heard all the time where it's like, you know, you know, Fresno, it's like kind of like a wasteland, you know, like nothing goes on there. You know, skip that place. But then like I'll talk to like bands that like, you know, will have like some of their most like, you know, distinct memories as a band. And they're playing a show in Fresno, like CYC or whatever, and it's like, you know, like if you're a if you're having a bad show in Fresno, you're just you're not doing it right.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, you know, it's it's a cool place. So,
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, I, like...
1: Don't forget it. Yeah.
0: We didn't play with any bands that were, like, anything like us or anything. And that's, like, never been a bad thing to me.
1: Yeah, I know, and it, the scene here really is, like, a melting pot, for sure. Yeah. And, like, the people that are involved in the, the bands and, like, booking shows, it's some of the most, like, you know, passionate people about music I've ever met. Yeah. Because it's like, there's not much else to do here. Like, you know, like,
0: yeah,
1: all of us, you know, it's like, we're not like, you know, we're not just like hanging out at the mall, you know what I mean? Right. Or like, you know, it's like, what else does? It's like, you know, we all do this, you know, we try to make our own scene, our own community, you know, and we're, we're going to keep doing it, you know? Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's nothing really else, you know, this is like, what makes, what makes me happy. You know, and what makes me feel like, you know, alive in a way. So it's like, you know, I'm just gonna keep doing.
0: And that was my conversation with Ryan Erquidez. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, Ryan. To the rest of you, until next time. Take care and do good things.